0: Hello mamas and welcome back to episode four in our perinatal mental health series. Today I am riffing solo on the mic and I'm chatting all about self-care. Enjoy. Hey mama, I'm sending you. Wonderful pregnancy, vibes. it's time for you to get you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physiology. Hello, mothers, and welcome back to episode four, which is our final episode in the perinatal mental health series. So if you haven't already in your own time, go and check out episode one, two, and three. If you haven't listened to them, we hear from Namita, who is an amazing Eastern meets Western practitioner. We hear from Gemma, who is a social worker, and we hear from Yara, who is a psychologist. And we cover the topics of postnatal depression busting through the perfect mother myth, preparing yourself for postpartum, anger in motherhood, rage in motherhood, and authentic parenting. So such important topics that help shape the condition and the state of our mental health. So super, super important. And I wanted to round out this perinatal mental health series with a topic from me, which I feel I've been speaking to a lot on Instagram and Facebook and social media and in my emails recently, which is really resonating with a lot of mums. So I wanted to get on the mic and share it on the podcast because I know that this is what women really want to be talking about right now. And it's about self-care. And the reason I called this episode, Self-Care Isn't Always a Bubble Bath, is because I think there's a lot of misconceptions around what self-care needs to look like, what self-care needs to be And I've been through my own journey of evolving my understanding of self-care and it's changed a lot over the years. And I feel like I'm in a really good spot with my self-care. I feel like I do a really good job of self-care right now. And so I wanted to share all the learnings that I've learned over the years. And I also put a question box out to women to ask me what questions they had on self-care and what challenges came up. And so we're going to go through those as well, because I think it's really good to A, know You're not alone in feeling that self-care is hard right now or that there's these blocks or challenges in the way. But I also wanted to try and share some practical, easy steps to kind of bust through them that I've practiced myself and that have worked for me. So yeah, it's going to be a really great episode. Let me know what you think over at Physio Laura. Comment on this podcast post because I always love to hear from you. I want to know what do you do for self-care? What challenges do you have? that get in the way of you doing self-care? Or maybe what does self-care mean to you? I want to hear all about it because I feel like this is what women need to be talking about. So let's get some really good commentary happening in the comments. Jump on over to Physiolaura and let me know what you think. And if you are pregnant right now and you feel like you need to up your self-care a little bit, please come and join me inside my online program, The Pregnancy Posse. We look after your mental and physical health in there. All of the guesswork of pregnancy is just taken out of the equation. You can just come along and be supported and guided by me and a whole community of women. And I just think it would be very nourishing to your soul if you were feeling a little bit depleted right now. We do weekly workouts, there's a whole heap of birth preparation resources, pelvic floor exercises, how to manage back and pelvic pain, you name it, we've got it inside the pregnancy posse. So come on over to thatpregnancyposse.com and you can trial it for 7 days and I look forward to seeing you inside there. But Let's jump into self-care, ladies. Let's chat all about it. Okay, ladies, self-care. I feel like that is a real buzzword at the moment. I almost wanted to try and think of a a more clever or interesting way to say it, but it's self-care. We all know or have an understanding of what self-care might mean, but I wanted to talk to it today because the conversations I'm having with women on my email list, on social media is showing me that self-care is really challenging for a lot of women and self-care is really difficult. And another thing that inspired me wanting to talk about this today is I went to a couple of women's circles recently where women share so beautifully and vulnerably with each other. And a common theme I'm seeing come up with so many women is around looking after themselves and having their needs met and feeling guilty for that or not Knowing what to do to fill their cup up, they feel lost, they feel like they don't even know where to start. And so, I wanted to have a really good discussion and chat around this today. And I'm really hoping this continues on in the comments on this social media post. So, definitely jump on over to the podcast post and let's have a really good chat about how do we all meet our needs? Because I so believe there is room for everybody to have their needs met. Okay, I believe in abundance, not scarcity. And I just believe that we can all get our needs met. It's just a matter of working through the blocks or the challenges that are in the way. So I wanted to share how self-care has evolved for me over the years. I titled this episode, Self-Care Isn't Always a Bubble Bath, because that's what I used to think self-care was. So I used to think self-care was running yourself a bath, having a glass of wine, going and getting a massage, something like that. And if I'm being honest, I actually don't even think self-care was really on my radar too much before I had children. I don't remember sitting down and really truly thinking, how do I get my needs met? Where am I needing to top up? Am I feeling good? What do I need in this moment? I don't remember actually being super in tune with myself beforehand. Not from like a deep physical body intuition level. From a cortical point of view, I think I was pretty good at saying Is work good? Is my health good? Is my relationships good? Those sorts of things. But I wasn't super in touch with my intuition. So yeah, back then pre-kids, I don't actually think I was super aware of self-care at all. But then when I had my first baby, it came onto my radar because you're giving a lot more, which means you can be a lot more depleted. I had to start to ask for a little bit of support and help and things like that, which turns out I found really difficult because I wasn't very good at asking for what I needed, which I'm sure many of you can resonate with. So self-care used to look like, I said, bubble baths, going and getting a manicure, having a glass of wine, getting a massage, all of those sorts of things, which were kind of either external to me, like I had to book in somewhere, go somewhere, leave the house or they were expensive. I had to pay money for something or I needed a lot of time. And I think always kept them at arm's length a little bit by saying that that's what self-care looks like or going away on a girl's weekend, those sorts of things. They were things that were not necessarily easily accessible during the day at any given moment from within me, which kind of keeps self-care always at arm's length. It's always outside of you, which means that there's always going to be things that pop up, which mean you can't access self-care. But self-care is something that we really should be practicing on the daily. It is not a luxury extra. It is just a basic part of being a human who needs their needs met. And I think we need to rewind how we think about self-care because for me, I know personally, I thought of self-care as this like cherry on top. If you have time, if you have money, if you're so lucky to have this extra, then you can have self-care. You can have the bubble bath, the massage, whatever. And then I had more and more children and I grew wiser and I tuned in with myself more and I read more and I listened and I learned from other women. And I started to understand that self-care is so much deeper than what I thought it was. Self-care is about firstly understanding yourself because so many women, when they wrote in to tell me their challenges about self-care were that they don't know what fills their cup up anymore. We know matrescence is such a wild journey of Rebirthing yourself, rediscovering yourself, peeling back layers. And often this can leave a woman feeling a bit, what's the word? Discombobulated. Like, what is up? What is down? What do I even like anymore? Who am I at the core? What do I enjoy doing? And so self care can be really hard because we don't even know where to start. But firstly, I think a lot of self care is about tuning in with yourself and asking yourself what you need in the moment or what do you need to fill your cup up right now? And when I think about the fill the cup analogy as well, I like to feel like I give best when I pour from the overflow. And I like that analogy rather than thinking of draining my cup all the way down, then doing something big and grandiose to fill my cup back up. That doesn't work for me. That empty fill, empty fill. What works for me is to think about every single day doing little deposits, filling my cup up so it's always brimming on top so that I can give to my family. I can give to my friends. I can give to my community. I can give to my business from the overflow. And I know for me, that feels so good. I can't give from an empty cup for sure, but I also can't let it drain out. And then wait to do something big and grandiose to fill it back up. I need to every single day be depositing small amounts into that cup so that I am constantly full, constantly able to give from the overflow. Because that's where I give best from, from that overflow. And I so believe that there is enough for us all to be in overflow. I think when you believe in scarcity, you getting your needs met means that it takes away from someone else. And I probably used to buy into that too that I used to believe that zero sum thinking that, well, if I go and do something for me, that means my husband doesn't get to do something for him. My kids don't get to do whatever it is that they want to do. Whereas now I don't believe that to be true. And I've seen evidence to prove that that's not true. When I get my needs met, I give to my husband so much better. I give to my children so much better. There is enough time in the day. There is enough energy to go around that everyone in our family can get their needs met without it taking from anyone. So I just want to share that for anyone else who might have those thoughts that if I take something for me, that means it takes away from someone else. That's not true. So coming back to self-care. It evolved over the years and I'm in a place now where I've recognized a couple of things. A. Self-care does not need to be grandiose. It can be. And I'm going to list later some of the grandiose things I do versus the small things, but it actually is more sustainable for it to be micro moments throughout the day. Things that are easily accessible in small doses, because if you wait for the grandiose things, you're always putting self-care at arm's length. And those things are great and wonderful, but you need to be able to fill your cup up in micro moments throughout the day. You can't wait until you can book the massage in or get some solo time. That's not always possible being a mother, having businesses and other balls to run, whatever it is that you're juggling right now, try to let go of the notion that it has to be big and grandiose. The other thing that I want you to try and let go of is that self-care has to be expensive because it does not. So again, when we make it grandiose, like girls weekend away, dinner out, massages, things like that, that means that we're putting it at arm's length because we need to be able to afford to do that. That has another level of guilt and whatnot attached to it too. But self-care is free. You can get your needs met for free. It does not need to cost money. Sure, like you can go and do all those things too, but try and find the things on your list that bring you joy, that meet your needs, that are free because there would be hundreds of them. There's so many things you can do that are free. The other thing I wanted to talk to is that self-care does not need to be on your own. And this is something I came to in probably the last year is I always thought that self-care needed to be away from my children because often when I'm with my children, that's where I feel I'm give, give, giving and my cup can start to drain. And so I felt like, well, in order to replenish my stores, I need to be away from them. But again, this puts it at arm's length because how much time do we actually get away from our children? It can be very limited. And if we're always waiting for solo time to fill our cuts back up and to meet our needs again, then that's putting self-care at arm's length. So what I recognize is I can meet my needs and I can practice self-care with my children, which is a really powerful realization, was a really powerful realization for me, is that it doesn't need to be big, it doesn't need to be expensive, and it can be with my children or with others. What I'm saying is it doesn't have to be on your own. So there's some really powerful realizations that have really changed what self-care means to me over the years. The other thing I've realized that is self-care, which is so not sexy. It is not a bubble bath. It is not massage. It's not all these things. It's honoring yourself. That is self-care. True self-care is holding boundaries, learning to feel comfortable saying no to something That you don't want to do. Because remember that everything you say yes to means you're saying no to something else. And this is a whole other episode um, about boundaries that I could talk about. But I just recently realized that I'm really bad at holding boundaries. And I thought I was just a very easygoing, positive sort of girl and I could just kind of make any situation into a good thing. But I think I was actually just really bad at saying no. And so I've been practicing more and more saying no to things that I don't want to do. Which has allowed me to fill my own cup up and provide opportunities to say yes to things I really want to do. Because if we're saying yes to things out of obligation or because we think we should do these things or we don't want to disappoint people, but we're abandoning ourselves, then we're not looking after ourselves. So self care is not always sexy either. Self care is not massages and bubble baths and manicures and pedicures and drinking wine with girlfriends on the weekend. Self care is saying, no, thank you. That doesn't work for me right now. Or, you know what? I'd love to do that, but it's not going to work this week. Maybe another time. Having conversations that might be uncomfortable, but truly honor yourself. That is self-care. And that's another thing I've come to realize in more recent times that, yeah, self-care is so much deeper than all the external things we're often sold. (laughs) Self-care is this, you know, this marketing campaign for so many women. But for me, self-care has become this deep kind of personal development practice about looking after myself by, yeah, like really tuning into what are my authentic needs and what am I saying yes to when I really mean no? How can I hold more boundaries? It's really, really powerful work. So something I've really been enjoying doing. So Where do I want to take it now? I did write some notes because I do like to kind of plan these episodes. So, I probably wanted to share now just some of my daily practices versus my big practices to give you guys some inspiration for those who are struggling to know what actually brings them joy. Because this is a common thread that I saw amongst women is them saying, I don't actually know what to do with my time. So, I thought I'd share some of mine and then I'll talk through these challenges and maybe some ways that we can work through them. So, My daily practices, these are the micro moments throughout the day that are very cheap, small amount of time. I can do them with others around me. They don't require big grandiose movements. So I roll on my favorite natural perfume in the morning, which makes me feel like I smell delicious and I'm put together and it makes me feel really good. I have a morning cacao every morning. And I don't just scoff that down. I sit down on the couch, even if all the kids are climbing all over me, that's fine. But I sit down and I have my cacao and I try to breathe and I try to be intentional and I try to be present. And sometimes that's easy if the kids are asleep and sometimes that's hard if they're all awake. But I dedicate that five minutes to, no, mommy's going to sit down and have a cacao right now. And that's really important because that's me meeting my needs. That's me saying, no, it's really important right now that I sit down and I have this really beautiful start to my day. Getting out in the fresh air or nature with my kids. So I'm with my kids on every other day that I don't work. And that's really important to me to get fresh air, to get nature. I don't thrive being inside for long stretches of time. I need to be outdoors and my kids need to be outdoors too. So that's a non-negotiable every single day for all of our self-care we get outdoors for a large part of the day, to be honest, we're actually not inside very often. Connection with my kids and my community. So that's a really big self-care that can look like reading a book to my son. That can look like playing a two minute game with my daughter. That can look like doing raspberries with my daughter while we're changing her nappy. Like they're not sitting down for half an hour having this one-on-one time connection. Cause that, to be honest, with three children rarely ever happens that I get so much one-on-one time with them. So it's just micro connections throughout the day. Really important for my self-care to feel connected to my children. Really important for their self-care as well to feel connected to their mum. Now, there's some of my daily practices. Some of my more grandiose ones because they're important too, but they're not the only way to do self-care. Surfing. I love surfing. I feel like it ticks all of the boxes for me. But it went on the grandiose list as much as I would like it to be on the daily list. Realistically, it's a two and a half hour turnaround by the time you get out there, get your wetsuit on, find a wave, get dressed, come home. Like it's a big exercise. And so it's not something that I can realistically fit in every day. It's not possible with all the other balls that I'm juggling. And I'm okay with that because it's on my grandiose list. So when I do it, I froth hard. I have a great time. But it's not achievable to do it every day. So I don't aim for that because I know that I'm just going to be disappointed. If I tell myself that I should be surfing every day to meet my self-care needs, I will never meet my needs. Massages, love a massage. I was actually just thinking this morning, I should really try and book something in before Christmas, but absolutely love any sort of body work. Someone touch me, I will pay you. Oh, feels amazing. (laughs) Going out with girlfriends, having dinner and drinks. That's really, really cup filling for me recently going to women's circles and like yoga and breathwork nights, things like that has been really cup filling, something I'm only just recently exploring, but something I really, really love. So there are some examples of things that I do for self-care that might maybe inspire you to then think about what you really like and what you know truly brings joy to your life. Because There's so many things that you could try and do, but at the end of the day, your body will know if it actually enjoys what you're doing or whether it doesn't because it will either fill you up or it will deplete you. So, tuning into what gives you energy and what takes away from your energy, I think, is really, really important. Now, before I go to the challenges that you all sent in, I just wanted to lastly mention because self care is obviously very self focused. Now, most of the women I'm talking to on this podcast will either be pregnant with their first baby or will already have children. So we're not talking about ourselves because we're often in a family dynamic where we need to be making sure everyone's needs are met. Now, this is a common challenge that comes up with women as well is that if my needs get met, then that takes away from someone else in the family or but how do we possibly meet everyone's needs? Now, I'm in a family of five. Well, I'm kind of in a family of six right now because we live with our old pair as well. So in so many ways, we're going to meet six people's needs in the family household. Now, This is so possible because I come from an abundance mindset. So I believe that we all have capacity, time, space to meet our needs. I don't come from that zero-sum thinking. So I know it's possible for everyone to meet their needs. Does it make it easy? No. But is it possible? Absolutely. So we communicate really clearly. So my husband and I will talk to each other and be like, what do you need today? What do we need to, to fill ourselves up? And he'll be like, I really want to go for a surf. And I'll be like, yeah, sweet. Well, I might go for a dip in the ocean when you get home from work or whatever it is. But having that really open dialogue of like, what do you need? What do I need? How do we make this happen together? And then when it comes to our children, very clear again, like what are their needs for the day and how can we find overlap? That's what I think is really important as well. So I think of a Venn diagram. Is it a Venn diagram? Gosh, it's been a long time since I went to school. I think it's a Venn diagram. I think of like five or six circles and they're all the people in my family right now that we're living together and what are all our needs, right? And then I think about where does that Venn diagram overlap in the middle where all of our circles overlap? What's in the middle there where it's an activity or an excursion or whatever it is that meets all of our needs? And so, for example, for our family, going to the beach fills everyone's cup up is happy, daddy's happy because we're outside fresh air, nature, watching the ocean, watching surfers, whatever it is. The kids are outdoors, they're playing, they're building sandcastles. They're having a great time. So the beach is a really good middle ground for all of us to get our needs met. Reading books, that's a really good middle ground for all of us to get our needs met. I find it really restful. My kids love reading. Everyone gets like their connection time. There's autonomy. It's really beautiful. So Reading all together as a family is a really nice way to all get our needs met as well. Going to the parks is similar to the beach for me. I just love being outdoors. So taking my kids to the park is a really good way for us to get our needs met. So it's about finding that middle ground where, where can we all meet each other right now? Because let's, for example, let's say my kid just wanted to do horsey rides all day. Well, that's great because that would mean that their needs are getting met, but I can guarantee you if I did horsey rides all day, my needs would not be getting met. I would not be practicing self-care because I have a very small limit of time that I can do horsey rides for. So that is something that I can sit with and acknowledge that's not going to work for a long period of time. So I'm not going to sacrifice my needs for my son or daughter, whoever wants to do it of course, you've got to give and take, right? So of course, I'm going to do a little bit of horsey rides because that's what you want. But then I'm also going to put a boundary around, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. However, I'm going to say it. And let's go do something where we can all fill up our cup together. So that's just an example of how I navigate it with my family, because I know that it's not just us we're talking about. We're trying to navigate family dynamics here. Now, this is really interesting. These are all the challenges that you all sent in to me and I wanted to talk through them because they are definitely challenges that I've had myself along the journey of discovering what is self-care. So the first one that came up, and again, there was many, many responses along the same lines, is I don't have enough time. How do I fit it in? Or what are your self-care tips for a busy mum? I feel like I've already probably addressed it. Self-care doesn't need to be time-consuming. Self-care can be in the micro moments of your everyday life. Self-care is leading your life with intuition and doing things that feel good for you, removing obligation, removing all the shoulds of the things, removing all the over-commitments that you've, you've told yourself you need to do to be a good mom or to be a good wife or to be a good business person, whatever it is. Removing all of the obligations and Like really looking at your schedule, that's probably a good way to do it as well. Look at your schedule and that will tell you what is important to you. And I remember someone saying this to me, like from a business point of view, but you can apply this to life. Look at what you spend your time doing and that will tell you what is important to you. So if you say you need X, but when you look at your schedule, all you're doing is Y, well, that doesn't really go in alignment with what you say you want. So if you want X, you need to find time to do X in your schedule. So maybe you need to remove the things that is not really filling your cup or that you're feeling obliged to do or you're overcommitting, or whatever it is, but you need to go and go, well, if this is important to me, I need to find the time to do it because we all have enough time. We all have enough time to do the things that we need to do. Okay. And self-care is not a luxury extra. Self-care is a daily necessity to make sure that you're filling your cup up because you are the best person of yourself for everybody else in your family in your sphere of any way shape or form if your needs are met first you can't give from an empty cup so that would be my tips to break through that mindset the other challenge that was coming up was that people were saying they don't have enough help or resources or community or how do I trust other people with my kids So I guess this is not something I've personally struggled with. So I probably can't speak to it from a personal point of view, but I do think we could be more resourceful as women for sure. I often see all these mums at the park on their own with their kids. And I just think, gosh, there's so much capacity for us all to be meeting up and helping each other out. So maybe you don't have any family help. Maybe you Don't feel comfortable sending your kids to any sort of paid care, like a nanny or daycare or whatever. Like all those things are super valid. But do you have a friend with another kid that you could do a a swap for a couple of hours a week? Could every Tuesday morning you drop your kid off with her and you go do a walk and then you come back and you take her kiddos, you then swap and she goes and does her own thing. There is so much capacity for that. I think we just need to be creative and think outside the box of what we're told. We're told to be isolated and struggle, and I just so don't buy into that. So, get creative. Think about different ways that you could swap and and get time to yourself if that's what you need, but remember you also don't need time to yourself. You can do this with your children because you don't need, I don't think when you really sit down with what do I need to get my needs met? You don't need an enormous amount of support and community and resources because it's so within us to be able to meet our own needs without like big life-changing efforts from your community we can start really really small within us but get creative meet up with a friend yep go and tag team do something like that especially if trust is a big problem for you find someone you trust they're surely people that you trust they just maybe you haven't thought about them as an option because they're a friend or they're whoever Another challenge that was coming up is, and this was a huge one. So many people wrote in, they don't know what to do with their time when they have it. They don't know what fills their cup up. They don't know what to do. So often they just feel like they waste that time. They scroll their phone or they like write a mental to-do list or they can't switch off from all the things that they should be doing or could be doing. And they kind of get analysis paralysis. And I've been there. I've 100% been there where I go, oh my God, I've got an opportunity, but like, what do I do? And this is such a big part of matrescence is really trying to understand who are you? Who is this new version of you? Who has been rebirthed? And what do you even like to do right now? So removing all the outside noise of what you should do or what you should like or what you should enjoy and really tuning into what brings you joy. What's like a full body yes to you? What makes you smile? Like write a list, maybe have a list of things that give you energy and things that zap your energy. And all sorts of things from as easy as making a cup of tea to as grandiose as you like, going for a bushwalk, whatever it is. And every time you have an opportunity to have some time to yourself, go to your energy giving list and just pick something from them. Put your phone away. Know that, you know, you've got a habit of going into social media scrolling or whatever it is or tidying up the house or things that you don't want to be doing. And make sure you stop yourself from doing that and go to your list and pick something and just start somewhere. Maybe all you do is have a cup of tea that time, but then you go, oh, that felt really nice. Next time I'm actually going to try and do this or this or this. And just keep writing, adding to that list. Anytime something makes you smile, anytime something just leaves your whole body tingling because you're so excited and lit up about it, write it on the energy giving list. And anytime something makes you feel contracted or go, ugh or dread, put it on the energy taking list and then you'll get really clear. On what you want to do with your time. Some other challenges that came up were around the idea of it being more important to meet everyone else's needs before your own, or that you're too busy looking after everyone else to look after yourself, or that you don't know how to help your partner understand your needs. So these, I put them all together because these are all questions around how do I work out my own self-care within the family dynamic? So as I mentioned before, think of that Venn diagram what is everyone's needs and where do we all overlap in the middle? That's really, really important so that you can be doing things throughout your day where everybody's needs get met at the same time. And then just having really clear communication. This was really hard for me when I started communicating to my husband because I had all sorts of stories coming up around not being worthy enough, being selfish, like guilt around asking for what I needed which was none of his problem. It was all of my problem and conditioning and all the stories I had in my head of what it meant to ask for what you need. I perceived it as being weak. And I was the superwoman sort of person that was like, I can do it all. Like I can carry everything, blah, 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 blah. And so I felt like I was weak if I had to say, or if I wanted to say, hey, I'd really like to do this right now. That would be really nice to go and check out and go for a walk on my own, or whatever it was. I remember how uncomfortable I felt, but you just got to practice, just slowly, slowly practice for asking for what you need. And that will give people around you permission to ask for what they need. And then everybody's asking for their needs to be met. And it's a beautiful, open lines of communication. There's no resentment, bitterness, any of that, if you're all talking really clearly to each other. So that would be my advice around there. And then the final or two final challenges was it's too expensive or what are low cost options for self-care again I feel like I've probably touched on this but remember self-care can be from within it does not have to be grandiose external to you expensive things find the things that are free that light you up because there's so many of them for me I think of most things I did this morning were free and they lit me up like going for a walk in nature free getting sunshine on my skin free. Like they don't have to be expensive. So yeah, just be a bit more creative with your list. (laughs) And then the final one, which is universal to everyone is that I feel guilty. And I feel this deeply. I understand this, but I think this comes down to worthiness and this comes down to knowing that you are worthy and you have every right to fill your needs as everybody else on the planet. So if you're feeling guilty, it's often cuz you don't feel truly worthy of having that time to fill yourself up or you don't truly value how important it is. And that's deep work. That's so not the topic for today's podcast, but just sit with that whenever you feel guilty about something. Is it because you don't actually feel worthy of it? Or is it because it's not in alignment? Maybe you feel guilty because you don't actually want to be away from your children right now. But really sit with what what is this story that's coming up for me right now? And what am I making this mean about me? I think that's really, really important. So this episode has gone a little bit longer than I anticipated, but I just, from all your responses to my question box and from all the messages I'm getting lately and all the emails, I just know that this is a topic we're collectively struggling with right now. So I would so love if you could jump on over to at Physio Laura and let me know if there's anything from today that really stuck with you. Maybe you hadn't heard it reframed in this way before and you really liked it, or let me know what you. Do for self care and what self care means to you. More importantly, because I think there's a million things that we can do, and I think it's great to share that. But what does it mean to you? I think that's a really cool discussion to be having. So let's all have this chat. Jump on over to App Physio Laura and let me know what you thought about this episode and what your key takeaways were. I would love to hear it. I am thinking, what am I going to do for self care today that I haven't already done? I've had my morning cacao. I've connected with my kids. I am thinking I'm going to go for a little beach walk. I have to listen to some podcast edits, so I'll probably go get some fresh air. And I am feeling really spacious and abundant, and my needs are definitely overflowing. I am feeling really lit up right now, which is awesome. So I hope, wherever you are, that you're inspired to feel the same. And yeah, let's keep this conversation going. Have a wonderful day, mamas. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. (music) Bye. Hey, mummers, I so hope you love that episode. Let's go and fly the self-care flag. Wherever you are, let's have these conversations with our sisters, our friends, our mothers. I think collectively, not many people are very good at self-care and looking after themselves and meeting their own needs. I think we're really trying to break through that martyrdom, but it still runs so deep for most of us that we need to self-sacrifice. We need to abandon ourselves for others and I think it's just really cool to be having these conversations to break through that. So come on over to App Physio Laura and let me know what you thought about this episode. And if you want to connect with me more, you can find me inside my online pregnancy program, That Pregnancy Posse. So if you are pregnant and you are wanting to get your needs met physically, emotionally, prepare for birth, get your pelvic floor on track, manage any pelvic pain, be surrounded by a community of women. That is the place to be. Come on over to thatpregnancyposse.com and you can try the program for seven days. And make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today's the final episode in our perinatal mental health series. Make sure you go and check out the first three if you haven't already. We cover postnatal depression, busting through the perfect mother myth, and anger and rage in mothering. Go check those out when you can. But we have an amazing new series coming out next week and I don't want you to miss out. So please do make sure you subscribe so you do not miss out. Have a wonderful day, mummers, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.